Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, welcome back, Solar Warrior. Thank you so much for joining us here, lending me your ears and frankly, the only non-renewable resource that you've got, and that's your time. If you're new here, I do hope that you get as much value from this as we know so many solar warriors have over the years. The podcast is here to serve you in your growth as a professional in the clean tech industry. And hey, if you do get a ton of value, I'd humbly like to ask you to take a couple of minutes and rate the podcast in iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever player you use. Today's entrepreneur is going to show us how to use artificial intelligence to streamline customer acquisition. Austin Rosenbaum is the Denver-based founder of Demand IQ, an AI-based technology platform that promises to turbocharge your solar marketing and sales efforts. I've really enjoyed getting to know Austin since meeting him on a conference panel this past summer. And it's just so clear to me that this young entrepreneur is really keyed in on the digital trends that matter to small and medium-sized solar businesses. If you have wondered how the trend towards AI and the sales process is going to make a difference in solar sales, well, this episode's for you. If you like what you hear, then be sure to subscribe to the show as that's going to ensure that you won't miss out on any of our twice-weekly content just like this one. Of course, you can always check out more than 320 additional founder stories and startup advice over at mysuncast.com. A special thanks to those of you who have visited mysuncast.com and clicked around on the work with Nico or become a member buttons. And right now for a couple of weeks, I'm going to be accepting applications for a few coaching spots that I've opened up to folks that want to get through the end of the year and make a solid plan for 2021. That sounds like something you'd be interested in. I'd encourage you to fill out the app and let's have a call and see if there's a fit. By the way, if you stick around to the end, I'll let you know how Austin could be putting $500 right back in your pocket. Very generous offer from Demand IQ. Hope you'll stick around all the way through the end. For now, get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior, as we tune into another powerful conversation here on Suncast. All right, Solar Warriors, as promised today, we are going to go deep into trends and market movement around the residential solar buyer experience. We're going to do that with a new friend of mine, Mr. Austin Rosenbaum. He's the founder and CEO of a company called Demand IQ that is killing it right now, helping installers figure out who their customers are and helping them get on board. Demand IQ is based in Denver, but Austin cut his teeth working at Sunshare. You may recall Sunshare we had David, the founder, on last year. They're a pioneer in community solar and one of the first to fill megawatts worth of residential community solar. Austin's new startups now focus on solving customer acquisition cost reduction for residential rooftops. Welcome, Austin, to Suncast. Thank you, Nico. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Yeah, man. And I appreciate 
all that we've been able to get to discuss recently with one another. I had the opportunity to fail to show up as a moderator for a webinar that prominently featured a discussion about the work that's happening in uh, residential solar. And I think you guys killed it on that webinar for with, with uh, solar energy trade shows. And I got to learn a lot about you as a young entrepreneur. And, and I'm really intrigued by the journey that you have been on. I'm happy to be able to share that journey with our Suncast listeners. Well, why don't we start out getting a sense of how you discovered clean energy? What got you first intrigued with the idea that solar power might be an area that you'd spend a significant portion of your early career? Yeah. So I've always been a, a big science guy and growing up, I knew I wanted to be an engineer. And so I was you know, thinking of all the world's problems. And the one that I, I always thought just made the most sense was how do we harness the power of the sun to power the world? And so when I was in high school, I was taking college classes on renewable energy. And uh, I ended up going to school out here in Denver and did a power systems engineering degree with a focus in renewable energy and just realized like this just made so much sense. And uh, at the same time, at, the, at that time, the world of utilities was starting to uptake solar and large scale. And certainly it was becoming more pre uh, prevalent for residential homeowners to start installing solar panels. It wasn't just for the greenies. It was becoming more for the general population. And you know, fortunately, I was able to get a great job at SunShare. And after being there for a little while, I realized that there were some massive gaps in, in what was you know, what was happening in the industry as far as making those dollars be efficient and in and, uh, and customer acquisition. And so that really opened my eyes to both the opportunity and the problems that this industry faces uh, as far as acquiring customers and, and reaching mass adoption. And so it was really sort of my passion project to figure out what it would take to reach mass adoption of solar. And to me, I've always been hung up on this, this customer acquisition part and so, and so that's where I focus a lot of my energy today. And that's what drives me. When you were at SunShare, you guys were doing a lot of programs focused on utility. Did you ever look at how you might direct your career towards something different than residential solar? Yeah. So I definitely considered, you know, going more the traditional utility route, working at a utility. It was a big pressure having a, you know, an electrical engineering degree, that's the, what everyone was doing in my class was going and working for a utility or a utility vendor. And, and I'm going, I'm going to go into the wild, wild west of, of uh, residential solar. Yeah. And so this was something that definitely confused, you know, my parents and my peers like, okay, well, this, you're going to go into rooftop solar. We'll see how that goes. Um, but certainly now people are, are not laughing any longer as we're in a, a growth, a growth phase of this, of this journey here in residential solar. I can imagine folks thinking, well, welcome back to Engineering 101. I hope you have fun with all those CAD drawings. Like, it doesn't sound like you're going to be doing a whole lot more than the basic Legos of like putting panels on solar homes. Congratulations. That's what I was doing initially. Yeah. So I, I, when I was at Sunshare, I was, I was doing CAD and I realized that, that maybe that wasn't exactly what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And so I always feel like there's this, this interesting mashup of of art and engineering that happens with marketing. And um, when, you can, when you can meld those two together, that's what's really exciting for me. And that's where we, we've seen a lot of success and I've seen success personally is bringing those two things together. Yeah, one of the things that I noticed about your background and we've talked a little bit about, a lot of folks would maybe look at your curriculum and say, or your resume and say, 
how does this engineer get so smart on marketing? Well, you spent some time at a company that is becoming more well-known now. Jason Rodriguez has his company, uh, Z Prime, that is a media company and and focuses on bringing the message to the to the masses right how did that experience at z prime prime you to be able as an as a founder to bring your own message to the market uh, i think it was it was really cool to see um jason's vision and, and jason's whole team's vision for z prime they're they're based in austin and they embrace the whole keeping austin weird um culture and so that whole weirdom is woven into this fabric of the utility culture, which is just so, you know, has been mundane. And so they bring this, this completely refreshed vision into marketing and to the messaging of utilities and keeping people engaged. And that just showed me that there's, you know, you have to find that voice and um, think outside the box and not, not necessarily follow the same um, messaging that everyone is following, you know, in, in the world of solar today. And, uh, for me personally, I, I come at this, you know, I have an, even though I have an engineering background, I'm also very much into the arts. I, I've been into photography for my whole life. And so I have that, that component that I weave in there too, as a more of a creative mind. So I would say that's what I, you know, I would like to bring and I'm trying to bring to the industry as well. Well, as a startup founder, you have a lot of problems to solve early on in a business. What do you believe are some of the more formidable lessons that you've learned since going out on your own, leaving Z Prime, coming up with the whole idea for Demand IQ. So definitely stay persistent because you know it's very unlikely that you're going to be successful on the first first go. And and um, great ideas take time to to come to fruition. And so you know Demand IQ was not you know what we are today was definitely not what we were when we started. And so it's that persistence and that. Uh, willingness to continue to push on and learn from mistakes and learn from your customers and take their feedback in and really iterate to get to what is what they want and and, and is what the industry needs. Um, that was definitely something, a big learning curve for me personally coming at this as, you know, a young, someone young in this industry, not having the, the decades of experience that other folks might have. Um, I had to get up to speed there on um, understanding what it was that was the solution before we really had that in our hands. Yeah, the the eponymous product market fit. So why don't we open the door there to better understand what is the opportunity? So you're working at Z Prime, you are focused on deciding, basically uh, validating the, your own thesis of, do I want to go into work at a utility, follow that tried and true path of engineering? What disruption in what you saw happening in the market helped you decide, oh, here's a problem I can go solve. And, and why was that so important that you would set aside the next five years of your life? So this is kind of in the, this is during the rise of the machine learning boom, let's call it when every tech company was doing machine learning and that was the hottest thing. And AI was this really hot topic area. And, and meanwhile, I was taking all these classes and learning about statistics and, and machine learning modeling. And I said, holy moly, there's a great use case of how do we reduce waste by applying some statistical analysis on the market? And I thought, well, if we could just go out and score every homeowner against people who had bought solar in the past and find out who is going to be more likely to buy in the future, then maybe we could reduce this customer acquisition problem and this customer acquisition cost and be able to get this product out to more people more efficiently. And so I said, well, let's just take some time to try it. 
And then we, we did get some customers on board initially to use that product. And that was kind of the, the foothold that we needed to better understand the problem. So I, I would say the spark for me was there was this, this technology that I felt, two technologies I felt passionate about. It was solar plus this AI slash machine learning. And I, and I just wanted to meld the two together and see if there was a business there. And in fact, there was customers willing to pay for that. So often in the product market fit journey, which is the most important journey for any entrepreneur, you have to go through a series of validating the thesis. And right now, the idea that AI and machine learning could be applied to namely customer acquisition, solar marketing was four years ago, barely the spark of an idea. ML was something happening in deep learning institutions and academic uh, institutions. Tell me about that middle layer between starting the company and getting to what is now Ella that informed how you found that product market fit. Mm, Yeah. So it was definitely, there was a lot of different forms of what we were trying to do. And as far as getting in the door, that was tough. You know, we, we were selling this data product, but no one knew exactly how to pallet that. It's like, okay, well, great. You've got this cool data set, but now what? Right. And um, now what do we do with it? And so, you know, we, we figured out how to, how these installers might use that product, but really ultimately learned that data, that wasn't a complete solution. We learned that that was only a partial solution. And they needed so much more. So we added advertising services on onto that. So then we started working with them and building marketing material, creative copy and messaging, things that would help engage these folks. And then in that middle of that, you know, I was very fortunate to be working with some some great solar companies in that time that helped me learn, helped expose me to their problems and, and what it was like, um, not just to fire out a, a marketing message and see what happened, but what what happened downstream from that. Like when someone filled out that form. What happened to that customer and what was it like um, inside the call center when you were talking to these people? And um, what were some of the problems of the the downstream effects of just getting a a name filled out somewhere on a form? I want to pause real quick because for those who maybe aren't as in tune, maybe they don't work in the residential space. what, What it sounds to me like we're talking about is as you pivoted around trying to find the right market fit, you morphed into essentially a digital marketing agency helping That's installers right. get leads. That's right. right. Whole, yeah. It's the whole game of customer acquisition. And this is where people are making a ton of money right now in the industry. So it's pretty open campus to create opportunity if you're young, active, understand marketing, really can talk to an installer the, with the words they want to understand because you were in fact in the design team at Sunshare. I could see how that would gain traction What's interesting to me is that you are not now effect you're effectively not now a marketing agency. You you sort of either stumbled or intentionally moved towards creating a product to solve your now your customers' marketing problems in a more automated way. Is that accurate? It is. I, I mean, I, we do offer marketing services today, um, but only to improve the success of using our product. And so, you know, we've always strived to be a product company. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, there's so much competition in the advertising marketplace that it's it's very hard to be different unless you literally have something fundamentally different. And that's that's what we're able to bring to the market now is a tool that's unique that it, that positions our clients in a in a unique way to help them stand apart. And we don't we don't necessarily um, 
require those marketing services. And we're, we're now allowing these customers to use those tools to empower them, their customers and to, you know, to magnify the, the, the experience of going solar in a way that hasn't been done before. Did you have any software experience specifically? I mean, you're an electrical engineer. So, I, you know, in the engineering school, you definitely go through your fair share of programming as a both mechanical and electrical. Uh, those degrees both require that. Am I, was I fully ready to, to build an end-to-end software application? No, not, not even close. So there was a component to building demand IQ that was around hiring the right people. And, um, you know, we did, we, we did go through our struggles of that and finding an engineering team that can, can build something that, you know, doesn't, you can't just look at something and say, oh, I want to build that. No, this is something that has to come out of the brain and then in, unfold in code. That was difficult, right? There's that, that barrier between what I was envisioning and then what our team wanted to build and, and getting that built was was difficult, but we did find some some very talented folks to to help, um, and and are still part of our team today. Well, congratulations! That's a big step towards finding the product market fit. One of the elements of as a marketer, which I consider you a very savvy, engineering informed, and educated marketer, who is helping your clients understand and attract the right client. The world of the consumer has changed a lot, even in the last eight months, right? Let's be honest, COVID disrupted everything. A lot of your clients that are installers were going out, meeting door to door, the whole sales process and and customer education was quite a bit different. So now everything has moved online. Everything has moved online. Which aspects of the solar education process do you believe should be delivered online in, in that marketing funnel versus that kitchen sale, right? Now it's like the virtual kitchen table sale. Let's talk about what the status quo is today, right? So the idea is a customer today can typically find out that their state or their general location is a good place for solar. What they don't know is whether they're a good candidate, whether their roof is a good fit. And ultimately, they are still reliant on a sales rep to, to get them to, that, to answer that question. That requires a lot of time, a lot of energy. And customers aren't ready to necessarily take that leap to talk to somebody. And there's this big void, right? There's this void. And so we, we sort of liken solar shopping today to you know, looking online to try to buy a house, but not knowing how many bedrooms and bathrooms that house actually has. And so it's so hard to gauge whether that, that, that thing is going to provide value for you without having that question answered for you personally, right? You need that level of personalization in the, in the shopping experience to make that decision of, am I ready to talk to somebody? And so the, the tools that we bring to the, that we're developing and, and that we're working on today are, are ways to, to, to bridge that gap, to take the customer from discovery to evaluation and conversion online, right? And so the question was, you know, which pieces are, are maybe important to share online and, and which are offline, which ones should be saved is, well, we've got to tell them that there's some value there, right? You don't necessarily need to tell them all the different possible options that are available for solar, but you just need to say there's at least one viable option out there for your home so that you, your salesperson can ultimately become the guide for them, right? It's about changing the role of that salesperson from into this guide, guiding this customer towards the right product and the right equipment, the right financing. All those things happen um, still offline at the virtual kitchen table or the kitchen table, whichever one you're 
you're using today. And we still upstream from that are the education is the education that can happen through through demand IQ software. Well, a lot of education right now, and a lot of folks are kind of overwhelmed with Zoom everything, right? Instant this on demand that how is this world of instant satisfaction changing the way that solar is sold? Well, I think we can certainly look at industries around us and and say, you know, how is it impacting those industries and um, learn and learn from those things that are going on around us. There are, are, you know, age old industries that much, much older than solar that we can borrow some of these techniques from. Um, We look at things like insurance, right? Um, A recent IPO Lemonade, you look at what they're doing in terms of their customer experience and you can borrow some of the concepts around instant everything, right? That's what customers want, especially in a day where the attention span is just, you know, like milliseconds when you're clicking on that ad from the time when I, that ad is scrolling across my timeline, you know, I've only got a fraction of a second to get that, that person's attention. And then even after they click on that ad, I have to be able to deliver something that's of value to them instantly. And so I just don't see lead forms or traditional solar websites, not that they're not informative. I just don't see them captivating attention in the way that the modern consumer really needs. So how do we change that? What does the future look like for consumer education that does captivate? Well, it starts with data. So what data can we use to deliver that experience, right? So the foundation is data. We have tools like Project Sunroof, who we're very fortunate enough to be a partner with. So we leverage Project Sunroof data as, our under, as an underlying um, a tool for communicating that, that instant value, that instant education. And then you have to layer that with an experience that is modern, first of all, and then also, you know, is able to, to communicate clearly, right? It has to, has to share that data and information in a way where they're able to, where the consumer, the homeowner is able to absorb that and take that, make sense of it, and then decide to take action, right? So guiding that customer from this quick little tidbit of information into their next step, which is a, maybe a much harder task to achieve than if you didn't have that intermediary um, between the advertisement and um, that end goal of getting them to convert. You know, progress and change are not achieved by standing still. We must challenge the status quo and do things differently. There are moments in time that change the course of our history, and for us, that time has come, a moment to act now for a brighter solar future. In a global scenario where the demand for renewable energy is constantly growing, solar has the power to shape new and powerful energy models to drive progress and prosperity for a sustainable world. At Suncast, we stand with FEMA, and together we can shape the future of solar. Learn more about how FEMA is changing the future of solar at solar.femur.com. That's solar.femer.com. I've been wondering, what's your least favorite solar asset management activity? You know, those daily, weekly, sometimes monthly deliverables that you just have to check off the list but can be such a drag. Well, let me tell you how to press the easy button and get going on the work that really matters by automating your invoicing and ticketing and reporting with PowerHub. Focus on the work that you want to do. Take the boring stuff off your plate with PowerHub. You can go to powerhub.com forward slash suncast to learn more. So we're talking about the customer journey. The customer journey is clearly changing because consumers are being bombarded by everybody digital selling them, every education Mm -hmm. 
platform is the digitization of the customer experience. How, going back to the sort of the thesis underlying your search for product market fit, how has AI or machine learning changed the game of optimizing the customer journey? So I would say that it's about strategic communication with human resources. So we don't necessarily need to use people to deliver every single marketing message, or if we don't need to be on the phone with, with a customer until they're ready to be on the phone with you. So you can use things like AI and these conversational design tools to have a, a conversation with strategically with this customer around what they want to talk about when they want to talk about it. Maybe it's Tuesday at 2 a.m. Uh, when they're clicking on that ad. So it's about the strategic communication um, and, and using that AI to, to be able to deliver that real-time engagement when you may be sleeping and your call center is definitely sleeping. I think that's, that's the future is this augmented experience where conversations with AI um, can supplement and augment the, the offline communications that are currently going on. I'd like to dig in that for a few minutes. Are we essentially talking about chatbots? I would say yes. The future could be something along those lines, although we, I would say our, our technology is not a traditional chatbot. We think that there's still this hybrid between you know, a communication of a chatbot and this point and click towards sort of flow. There are definitely some things that can happen offline, like, for example, after the customer leaves the online experience where you're trying to do your follow-up and get them to convert into an appointment. There's definitely a lot of a lot of things going on in, in the chatbot hardcore sense of that via SMS right now. There are a number of companies where if I fill in my contact information, it very much seems like I've, I'm now chatting with somebody in real time, but it's actually a chatbot. That is not necessarily what we're doing today. Ours is our technology is more around how do we get customers from clicking on an ad to filling out that form and providing their information and educating that that customer. But definitely, there's still some things going on in the follow-up via chatbot more so. You know, one of the things that came up in the aforementioned webinar that uh, that you were a panelist for, uh, all about unlocking new solar customers with this concept of the digital marketing-dominated funnel. How is the infusion of AI, this conversation around chatbots, this instant uh, feedback loop impacting conversion rates? Because that's something that as a marketer, we all really want to focus on. Yeah. So it's it's super important that at the end of the day, all this technology actually creates reductions in costs, right? Like that's, okay, it's all good and well. I mean, of course there's benefits such as like an improved customer experience, even if it doesn't necessarily reduce your cost, but that, that makes us look good. So just that sort of soft side aside, uh, we also have the conversion rate improvements. What we feel like um, giving this instant estimate does is it makes the pie larger. There's only so many people who are ready to sit down and get a quote, but there's a lot more people out there that are ready to get an instant estimate. And so what we've seen is using these calls to action around instant, instantaneous answers is opening up the pie and getting us more total lead volume. So some of our customers are seeing more organic lead volume. And in, in the case of paid advertising, they're seeing lower cost per results, lower cost per leads. And in some cases, they're seeing lower cost per appointments, and that's trickling down to lower cost per acquisition. So we are seeing the cascading effect of opening that funnel up at the very top and saying, let's go get more of the people into the funnel that otherwise wouldn't have been there to begin with. I love this because one of the uh, folks that I've been 
sort of rapping back and forth about how the solar industry is is growing, he, he likes to say it's hilarious that we have an industry with a 97% failure rate, 3% of our electricity mix is converted, and an 85% sort of customer acquisition failure rate in that only generously 15% of the US population is even thinking about solar. So you're working at the very top layer of the funnel, which is how do we actually approach the 85% who just scroll right past that ad? It's really curious and interesting to think about this for those of you who maybe are selling solar modules or you are developing storage assets and you're not thinking day to day about the end consumer and how they engage with the sales process. Because what Austin and his team are doing is actually thinking at the very granular level of what word estimate versus quote is going to attract someone to even stop for a second and consider. Have you, like Lemonade as an example, have you seen marketing tactics from other industries that at that level are having success exposing their product category to new users? And how are you leveraging that? So when I'm looking at these, looking at the solar industry and looking at um, other adjacent industries, there's this, these commonalities. And it is that there's these large high ticket offline sale items, these offline sales that are still happening in, in, in prehistoric or, or, or antiquated sales strategies. The things that were going on before the whole dot-com boom, it's like the same it's like the same process of fill out this form, someone calls you, figure out whether it's right for you, and then you purchase it or you don't purchase it. And there's this, this idea of digitizing those customer experiences um, is happening all over. Um, we look, I'm looking at things like roofing, right? Roofing is a perfect parallel to solar. Looking at things like the auto buyer experience, there's a company out there called uh, Roadster. Roadster is effectively digitizing car sales um, for dealerships. So they've got a, you know, a catalog where you can now browse a catalog of cars. There's a whole bunch of different areas, but it's this idea of taking these high ticket items and these complicated things to sell, right? They're just complicated. At the end of the day, it's not simple. They're not cookie cutter. It's not like buying a, a, you know, a new handbag or something that where you can say, I know how much this is the value of this thing for me because I can look at it and see it and touch it. You don't know that when you're shopping for solar until you actually see the modules laid on in your house. So it's very difficult to sell these items that are complicated in that way. And so we can use um, technology like AI and data to drive that customer experience, to be able to communicate that value that wasn't, wasn't able to be communicated before. And so I definitely think that we're going to see more and more high ticket items being sold in this way digitally, or at least in an augmented sales experience where it starts online and finishes offline with the sales rep. I fully agree. And I think that's one of the things where you and I, from a marketing perspective, like we see eye to eye, I rarely have conversations with someone who so clearly understands how we can sort of pull in these ideas from other segments. A lot of folks want to look at what their competitor in town is doing and, and try to assimilate that learning. What you're doing with Ella and the, the customer journey that you empower for your installers is a unique approach in the marketplace. And I encourage others to, to take a look at it uh, and, and see how, they, it, how it will challenge the way that you're thinking about reaching your customers and how you're thinking about the education process of your consumer. And I think this goes beyond just residential solar. Uh, and I think we're going to start seeing this level of, I'll call it automation, but it's really sophisticated 
automation that has a human layer of intelligence informing what's happening, we're going to see this start rolling into a much more complex world, that of uh, commercial and industrial solar in the coming couple of years. And uh, I, d- I don't see folks pulling this kind of data into, uh, well, I see very few pulling this kind of data into that CNI space, which as we all know, is that that is going to be uh, the goose that lays the golden egg when, when we crack that CNI market wide open. Austin, you're a young entrepreneur who is putting into practice the things that you see around you, but you're also taking risks. Where have you pulled wisdom in the form of mentorship into your overall business building experience? How have mentors been important to you and, and helped you grow? I mean, tremendously so. The mentors that we I have today are some of the solar veterans. And so uh, folks that have worked at Solar City and Sunrun and, and some of those places that are lending their expertise, their connections. That's how, you know, I have a there's a sounding board behind Demand IQ. And and especially early on, I absolutely we wouldn't be here today without those people providing the the guidance of of how to make the decisions around what the industry needs and what direction to go, especially from some of the things that didn't work, you know, some of the, some of the failures we had. So how do we, how do we overcome those and move in another direction? Do you remember a particular moment in time where having made a, maybe made a pivot or a turn, you had that aha and you're like, wow, this is actually working. We're starting mm-hmm. to find product market fit. Can you tell me about that moment? I mean, I think that um, I always think that, or at least from my experience, startups are happening growth spurts. Like you have these, like you grow a little bit and then you grow a little bit more. And then, it, it, you know, there's like these little growth spurts. And I think maybe there's an aha moment associated with each one of those growth spurts. I can just share, you know, more recently, we were troubled, challenged by the whole COVID thing, just as all of our customers were. Not only was it harder to, to convince a solar company to try something because they're in a, a, a you know a state where they're they're struggling themselves, but also we didn't know how to reach customers. You know we had to rethink our whole customer acquisition strategy, and so fortunately we cracked that um, more recently with digital marketing, applying some of the own, our own practices that we use with cus- with homeowners, right? Just the same sort of, same sort of practices, figuring out how to attune those messages for instead for installers. And when we started getting in front of these folks that weren't just, you know, referrals or folks that our, our um, advisors knew, that was when we started to see, wow, there's a huge demand for this online experience that we're building. And that was the aha moment that it wasn't, it was beyond just that inner circle of, of customers. And now we, we can actually just go find any new installer and, and hopefully be successful with that, with that uh, conversation. Yeah, I love that. It's the old uh, analogy of eating your own dog food, right? When you start realizing the customers I'm helping my would-be customers acquire are helping me understand how to acquire my own customers, right? It's that, that concept of, of who's your avatar. And one of my mentors, Mark Kingsley, said something that I'll never forget, and I've said this a whole lot, not, not necessarily on the platform, but certainly in a number of conversations. If you want to truly succeed, figure out how your customers make money and help them make more of it. And in this case, you figured out how to make more deals, more leads appear for your clients, which informed how you can now attract those clients. It takes a little bit of having the success of understanding the client so that you can tell the installer, oh, I understand your pain. I know what you're going through and we've we've got a way to solve this. That's genius. Well, 
Austin, as I've said many times before, I believe that leaders are readers. And I'd love to know what books, or maybe it's a podcast, how do you stay sharp? What, what informs the way that you stay on edge and stay ahead of your peers? I, I think it's always important. I'm, I'm a big, you know, I, I digest a ton of content on my cell phone. I think it's important, you know, we've talked about this earlier, looking at what other industries are doing. I spend a lot of time looking at things that are not solar. So when I'm not, you know, working, I'm looking at something that's like, you know, outside of the scope of what I have in front of me for demand IQ, whether it's looking at the automotive industry or, or something else. Where do you go for that insight? I find LinkedIn. I think, um, I don't know what it is, but maybe it's just around connecting with people who are working on similar things. And then they're sharing things that are sharing it into this resource pool. So I definitely would encourage any of the listeners to please reach out to me on LinkedIn. Let's connect. That's how I digest a ton of content. I definitely, as far as inspiration, I, I, I like reading biographies and you know, I, I really like the Elon Musk, Ashley Vance, Elon Musk book the Steve Jobs book, all those books that are how leaders thought about their problems and how they, you know, how they applied that to their business. Those are the books that I, I really like. But as far as where inspiration comes from for the real time for the today, I'm, I'm getting a lot of it on, on LinkedIn. It's, there's so much, there's so many cool things happening out there, whether it's solar or not solar, I would say, and, and some of the, you know, the, the cultural things that are going on fueling a lot of thought and driving, you know, a lot of passion behind behind what I'm doing and what our team is doing. Well, I'll have to have a, another conversation with you about whether or not you have experimented with and finding success on LinkedIn marketing. That's a particular area of interest for for myself. And I, I agree with you. I think that LinkedIn is one of the most underutilized resources, although it's getting its just level of attention uh, recently. Certainly for any of you who are, are like we are getting bombarded with apparently chatbots that aren't supposed to be allowed on LinkedIn, but there are ways to hack any, any system, I suppose. Austin, as we wrap up, I got a couple more questions for you. The first is around your day-to-day -day routine. Is there any consistent habit or practice that for you has given you a great deal of leverage, insight, or impact? As far as day-to-day -day goes, I would say just getting up and working out in the morning before work is just helps so much to get your gears going, whether it's a quick walk or whether it's, you know, a full workout, but that, that really gets you going and sets the tone for the, for the week. At least that's what I've found uh, that's helped me more recently. But yeah, as a startup founder, your day is so chaotic all the time. You're like over here and over there. It's, it's hard. It's hard to find any level of consistency with, with your day and a cadence, but Certainly in the early mornings, that's, that is when you can find that time for yourself. Austin, for those who have been, their curiosity has peaked, they want to learn more. Where can folks find more about you and Demand IQ and, and dig in? Sure. So as I, as I mentioned, would, would certainly love to connect with any of your listeners on LinkedIn. Yeah, we'll link um, to that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, you can check out our website. It's demand, D-E-M-A-N-D-I-Q dot com. Mm -hmm. um, and we would love to connect with you there. Check out what we're doing. Shoot us a note. I uh, would love to chat with you. Absolutely. Well, let's end today as we always do with a bold prediction. Austin, what one thing do you see happening in the market that maybe nobody else is tracking? What's in your crystal ball? Ooh, beyond the things that we're looking at right now. Um, I like the, so a couple of things, monetizing the lifetime value of the customer. So how do we take a one-time sale and turn it into a lifelong series of sales. 
something that we're we're looking at today. And then cross-selling of products, right? So it's not just about solar. It's about solar plus a new roof. It's about solar plus a new electric vehicle. It's about solar plus anything else, right? And how do you meld those experiences together to, again, improve the lifetime value of your customer? Because you can do more than just solar folks. You can do a lot more. And so whether it's you know technology getting there or just your own grit of having those conversations and and figuring out what else they need, there's a lot there once you build that relationship and when you get that trust of that that homeowner. So definitely something I'm thinking about. And I think um, some of the other folks are thinking about that lifetime value as well. Yeah, for sure. And for those of you who have not been listening to Suncast for uh, a long time, I'll give you one little tidbit as we tend to, or as we wrap up and as we tend to talk a lot about influences. There's a book called Over Deliver by one of the best marketers in the history of direct marketing called Brian Kurtz. I would highly recommend if you don't understand LTV at all, if you're completely baffled by how you would get any more insight into Austin's uh, final statement, which I completely agree is where all of you should be thinking about how you're going to serve the market and your customer to increase the overall value of your own firm. Over Deliver by Brian Kurtz is just a fantastic resource. Another fantastic resource is Mr. Austin Rosenbaum. And I'm grateful to have had the chance not only to meet you, but to have you here on Suncast. Thank you, sir, for contributing to leveling our game up today. Thank you, Nico. And thank you to the Suncast team. I appreciate the time. All right. Well, that's wrap, Solar Warriors. This one was such an informative session on the state of solar sales technology. Thank you so much, Austin, for taking the time to share from your deep wealth of knowledge on the topic with us. Well, what do you think? You convinced that AI is the inevitable future for direct-to-consumer marketing and solar sales conversions? Would you use something like Stella to increase your web traffic conversion rate? If you'd like to give Stella a spin, as I mentioned in the intro, you could head to demand-iq.com forward slash Stella and sign up. And Austin has graciously agreed to waive the $500 setup fee when you let him know you heard it right here on Suncast. That's just one more way that we're working to lower the barriers to entry and supercharge your growth here on Suncast, my friend. If you are eager to keep learning, well, then you, my fellow Philomath, can find the resources and highlights from this and every other discussion on Suncast, along with the social media links, my book recommendations, along with our guests, and much more over on the blog at mysuncast.com. Hey, while you're there, I'd love it if you'd take a couple minutes to give us your feedback in the listener survey. And as a way to say thank you, anybody who signs up for the survey through the end of 2020 will get invited to our private online community. And I'll be doing a random drawing to give someone a very special holiday gift. Take the survey at mysuncast.com. You'll see the button right there. Thank you so much for leaving your thumbprint on Suncast. Well, I do hope you'll tune in next week because we'll be taking a look at another promising storage startup. This time it's Jewel Case with CEO James Wagner. Hope to see you again soon. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle.